0: Hello and welcome to the Take It In Stride podcast. I am your host, Adrian Jezik. Here we get to talk about the things that make us feel vulnerable, the things that push our personal growth, and the ways that we experience life and the effects that that has on our psyche and our relationships and who we were yesterday versus who we're becoming tomorrow. I have a very special guest with me today, you guys. This is Julie Blue. She is a local to the community Phoenix Arizona community yoga instructor and has become an absolute cheerleader in my life but also Julie has affected me in other ways ways that challenge the way that I value myself ways that challenge me in my changes with my health and her vibrance is what just keeps me coming back for more Julie welcome thank you thank you for coming here thanks for coming today Um, and Julie, Julie is unique. Julie has MS. She is diagnosed multiple sclerosis and she has taken this bull by the horns. Julie, do you just want to start me at the beginning here as if you haven't shared this story with me before, you can share it with our listeners. You can give us whatever version you like. Okay. What brought you to this point today?
1: (laughs) Well, um, Uh, about three years ago I started experiencing symptoms very rapidly Um, I went in for a routine procedure Um, they were unable to wake me from the anesthesia and uh, that's when it all started so I had dizziness Um, I thought I hurt my back lifting a case of water I went running a week after the procedure and when I got back from running I couldn't hold my right leg up now everyone who knows me knows I'm strong Um, I run I balance I do all these things but I couldn't hold my leg up and I didn't know what was going on so uh, things started kept I kept going back to the doctors and they kept telling me I was okay and you know I'm a yoga instructor and I I've been taught to listen to my body and everything was screaming I'm not okay doctors did x-rays I went to a chiropractor um and then finally, I, my left, my whole left side went numb about two and a half weeks after the colonoscopy, the procedure, and I took myself to the ER. I was alone. I was terrified. Um, they did a CAT scan on my brain. They gave me Vicodin for the pain in my right leg, and they said, go get an MRI. So I went back to my doctor the next day after arguing about why he should give me the MRI orders. I demanded them. And at this point I was hoping I was kind of a crazy hypochondriac and nothing was wrong with me. So I got my MRI and went back to the doctor the next day and that's when I heard the words MS for the first time and I apologize in advance, there's going to be a lot of F-bombs here, but I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought it was a muscular degenerative disorder. I had no idea. He started throwing out words like brain scan and neurologist and I was like, whoa, this is serious. So by the time I had gotten in my car, um, they were calling from the imaging place trying to schedule my brain scan. So I called my brothers. I sent them my insurance card. and They said, we want you to go to Mayo. But Mayo here didn't take my insurance. So Mm -hmm. I flew to Mayo in Rochester. Uh, It was Labor Day weekend in 2016. They did three more MRIs, a spinal tap, and started me on five days of IV steroid infusions all on the same day. And the doctor came in that Afternoon while I was in the hospital getting pumped up on steroids. And he said, I think you've suffered your first acute neurological attack called clinically isolated syndrome. We'll see you on Tuesday. And so I spent the weekend, you know, getting my arms pumped with my body pumped with steroids. And yes, I came back with that diagnosis. Of originally it was CIS, so it's a first attack. At the time they gave me sixty to eighty percent odds that I was going to get attacked again. And with subsequent neurologists, my odds went up to 100%. And my diagnosis was changed in April of this year to relapsing, remitting. To me, it's all the same. What does that mean? What does that
0: mean, relapsing,
1: remitting? Um, So relapsing, remitting means you can have relapses, uh, flare-ups, and there's periods of remission. So my last flare-up, according to the journal I've been keeping or I kept, you know, way back when was in October of 17. So it's been over two years. And I'm talking a major flare up. Now there's little things, obviously, that happen every day with a chronic illness, but a flare up that, you know, affects me and
0: something debilitating, something debilitating. Yes. Like
1: for me, it's it's really the most debilitating thing is the pain in my left arm. Mm -hmm. It gets so bad sometimes where I feel like Cutting it off is the only solution, um, but otherwise, you know, everything else is manageable and tolerable. It, mm. it could
0: be a hell of a lot worse. Let me tell you that. So, but you have, you have taken this on your own. You have, you have defied the doctors. You've gone out and sought your own form of treatment. What is that like? What? Where? How did that start?
1: Well, when I got
0: home from the hospital.
1: I had um, a prescription, or not a prescription, but a uh, referral to go see a doctor here at Mayo, Mm -hmm. which was six weeks later. I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't walk up my stairs. I felt like hell. My arms were bruised up and down. you know, and I was on five days of IV steroid infusion. So, so you were fired up. <laughs> I was fired
0: up. <laughs> and if you guys knew Julie, she like comes out the gate fired up. So, me just imagining Julie on five days of steroids. Bags I of mean, steroids. yeah, I'm putting five bags. Okay, so five bags of steroids. I'm imagining like beast mode.
1: Beast mode. Yes, I had. You know, it, it was there I. Fortunately, I didn't get the headaches. I didn't get anything because I did everything they said. And, and when I got home from the hospital, this is kind of my thing, I could barely climb my stairs. And I went to bed, and I woke up, and I put my running shoes on. I wanted to run. Of course you did. And I went downstairs, or I put them on. I'm like, yeah, there's no chance you're running, but how about let's just walk? So I did. And to go back to what you asked me before, for three straight weeks – I thought I was going to die. I had no idea what was going on inside my body. There were no answers, and I refused to get on the Internet because if I Googled weak leg or fog in my head or a clumsy left arm or who knows what would have come up, and it would have scared me. So to this day, I don't Google what I have. Um, so when you think you're going to die and you find out you're not going to die – I don't know if this happens to everyone but for me it was just like a, a kick in the ass to live as hard as I could. And you know, every day I went to bed during that 3 weeks before I, you know, got that di initial like oh my god, maybe you have MS. Um I did. I thought I was going to die. And I was scared. Every night I was scared. And I really had nobody. I mean, my daughter my daughter was there. I had a boyfriend. He was sort of useless. Um And, you know, like I said,
0: I was just hoping I was a crazy hypochondriac. Because that would be the easy answer, right? It would be easy if when we went into these doctors and they couldn't explain our symptoms and they couldn't label us with a diagnosis right away, if they just said, oh, you're depressed and you're anxious and you're making this all up in your head. That would be the easy route. Yes. I mean and and I don't I'm not taking away from mental illness here. I realize that depression and anxiety is completely debilitating and depression and anxiety is a super fun piggyback to chronic illness by the way. Um something that people don't always talk about, but when you're diagnosed with a chronic illness and like you said you thought you were going to die for 3 weeks, mm-hmm. what does that do to the psyche? I mean, I
1: you know, I was I was scared. I've never been so scared in my life and my Daughter was going through her senior year, and she had a rough time in high school. And like I said, my boyfriend was useless. And I have no family here. Um, and, you know, it was it was very isolating. And really quickly, the depression, the anxiety, for me, fortunately, I haven't suffered from depression with this diagnosis. I do have a little anxiety from time to time, um, but nothing major. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I always go back to,
0: I'm not going to die, so I'm going to live. Yeah. So you made that choice. You made that choice to not roll over and just accept this diagnosis and the picture of what it could look like. Absolutely.
1: I had no intention of, you know, because I I was running and I was doing yoga, and those were the questions I asked the neurologist. And I had, you know, my family, my – I had – a few people with me at the, you know, because I don't go to doctors alone anymore. Um, in the office, and I asked two questions: Will can I run yeah. and backbend? And he said, "You can do whatever you were doing before." And I said, "Will hanging upside down and the blood rushing to my head affect the lesions in my brain?" And he said, "No." Oh, there was one more question. I said, "Will the heat melt my myelin?" <gasps> yeah, because hot yoga is your jam, my jam. And he said, "No." And Obviously, if it's going to melt my myelin, it's going to melt everyone's myelin, right? So, well, that's a good point. So I said, okay. And I came home and...
0: And you decided you were going to live. Yes, I did. I decided I was going to live hard. But you still had to find a treatment for some of the symptoms that you were experiencing.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, my couldn't, I still couldn't hold my right leg up. My left arm was weird. My head there was a fog in it and there's a whole bunch of other cognitive stuff that you know people don't see memory loss and inability to find words so sometimes i just can't find the words even though like sterno i was looking for the word sterno the other day and i had to call my daughter cuz she knew exactly what i was talking about but and i knew what it was and i had the picture in my head but i just it couldn't come up with the word so so as far as how i um i started a journal because i couldn't remember anything um and I started detailing everything. Doctors appointments and things people said and the people that called me because I decided when I got home well first I was going to um share my diagnosis mm-hmm. because I had to. I was a yoga instructor and I didn't want everyone to think I was like this weird person from here on out. Um but you know so people started contacting me with stuff. And again, going not to the Internet, and I have, you know, my Chinese doctor, my miracle worker, Dr. Ni in California. I called him right away, and he said, I want you out here in California. I said, well, I have an appointment in October, and he said, that's not good enough. Get out here now. So I went out to see him, um, and he kind of helped me start my regimen. Um, We, you know, I started on an anti-inflammatory Organic diet, which I found, I think, on an MS site. It's just a shopping list, and I figured, well, I have an inflammatory condition, so I need to uninflame that, right? So I'm gonna yeah, eat reduce foods. the inflammation. I'm gonna eat the food. So I started there. He started me on herbal tea, which I continue to this day, mm-hmm. um, and acupuncture. And I also, right before I had, well, this is gonna be a big one for everybody, right before I. Um, actually left for the hospital I had gotten my medical card.
0: Your medical marijuana my card. My medical marijuana card. Because I was having unexplained pain and symptoms and And the last thing that you want to do is take handfuls of ibuprofen or Tylenol or whatever every day and you don't want to take pain pills every day and you don't you can't always soak in a bath and epsom eb- eb- salts every time you experience pain. Exactly. So you were looking for additional alternative healing modalities. So you got your medical card. So I got my medical card and
1: then I started, actually, I think that was the first thing I started. I went in and met with a wonderful woman at one of the dispensaries and she started me on CBD right away. And as a lifelong cannabis user, Mm -hmm. um, that changed for me because now it wasn't about just getting high. It was about taking the medicine that is inside the cannabis plant and letting it fix me because the only other option that I was given was injectable pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I don't know if you, you guys can't see
0: what I'm doing right now. She's but. holding up the double uh, the double finger, the double middle finger, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, just so those of you at home can get a good picture. And she's got a gorgeous red manicure to show it off, too. So
1: <laughs> thanks for that one, Julie. So I had no interest in pharmaceuticals, and yeah. um, they were expensive, even though my insurance company said they would cover the $2,000 a month co-pay. And um, I had zero interest. Every- and they
0: come with a host of other side effects. Well, and
1: yes, they do. It, it might, And the thing is, it there's no guarantee. It isn't a cure. So You tell me if I drink a a gallon of gasoline, it's going to cure my MS. Happily, I will do that. But if you tell me that this might, may, could, possibly, but it's probably going to do this and give you scar tissue and make you sick when you inject, and who knows if it's going to stop your relapses or your flare-ups? So yeah, I said
0: no, 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 Mm no. Um. So you went. So you got your you had your medical card. And you went to meet with Dr. Neat? Yes. And what was that like? So he did the acupuncture. He's got you on the tea. What else did he add into your regimen at that time? Um, he added gelatin.
1: So, Ooh. yeah, gelatin because, you know, everything I can do to coat and, you know, uh, fish oil, gel- bone marrow, which is gelatin essentially, um, you know, the anti-inflammatory diet. So he started me on gelatin. And... Those little packets, those Knox gelatin packets. I mean, I buy my medicine at Costco. That's the funniest That's thing. Amazing. So he started me on the gelatin, so I added that to my regime. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned very quickly you cannot pour gelatin into cold water. It coagulates, and it's gross. Ew. <laughs> so I have a lot of little – I apologize for my plastic use people, but I have a lot of little 8-ounce bottles of water that are warm. Yeah. So um, – That's probably the hardest thing for me to take out of everything I ingest for this. It's the hardest thing for me to stomach and swallow. Because it is
0: basically like drinking lubricant.
1: It's so gross. Yeah. Like, I mean, the things that I put in my mouth are just gross. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta be honest. The things
0: that come out of your mouth sometimes are are also filthy, but we that's love our, those.
1: <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, little by little, and talking to people, and I never knew how many people had MS. It was yeah. amazing. Once I came out, uh came out, so to speak, with my story, how many people had MS? Like this person's sister and this person's brother, and everyone had something for me, and. That all went into my journal and I kept track and I didn't respond to everybody because I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Someone had just dumped two truckloads of shit in my driveway, Mm -hmm. gave me no instructions, gave me no assistance, yet I had to figure out how to clean it all up myself. Yeah. So Dr. Nee has been a lifesaver for me. Then I decided I wanted to raise money to find a cure, help -hmm. find a cure. So I... Got on CharityNavigator.com and I, I contacted the MS Society and I contacted Race to Erase MS. And the only one that responded to me was Race to Erase MS. And I remember sitting in the parking lot of AJ's. And this was just several days after I got home, so I still felt like shit. And Liz answered the phone. And she listened to me talk for about 45 minutes, crying and spilling and just, you know, she handed me a family. She gave me a family. At that moment. Um, So I started fundraising. I put up a crazy yoga picture of me hanging upside down. And I put out for I was going to raise $10,000. And I put it out there on Facebook. And within the first three months, I had almost raised $10,000. And I was blown away by the generosity and the um, compassion of this community because most of that money has come from this community, from my yoga community, from my friends, from even strangers, you know, people that have MS that won't tell anyone have donated. Those are my favorites, the secret donations. Um, and because I raised so much money, the founder of the charity, who was diagnosed herself now 26 years ago, uh, contacted me to thank me. And she handed me. The greatest gift of all. She handed me my neurologist. So he is one of the top neurologists in the country, if not the world. He researches, that's what he does. Every, he only sees patients on Monday. She gave me a cell phone number. I called him on his cell phone.
0: You know, I was getting real ballsy real quick when you when you when you have nothing to lose right I mean really what at that point you have nothing to lose what are they gonna say no what's he gonna do exactly say no fine I wouldn't say no to you you're a little too fiery for that for me but so what was that like like you just called him I called him
1: and I said I couldn't pronounce his name it was French and I just you know that's not a language I'm very Mm -hmm. familiar with so I said hi Nancy Davis gave me your number and said that you should see me Mm -hmm. and he's he said, well, I'm in my car driving right now. He said, give me your name. So fortunately, I have a name that's sort of memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and his nurse called me a few days later, and they got me in four months ahead of any other patients. So thank you, Nancy, for that. Thank you, Race to Race. You guys are just, yeah, no words. So um, I went to see him. Well, I went to see, well, I went to see, I guess I need to back up. Yeah, I, I went to see John car- John. Carter at Mayo here but Mayo here did not take my insurance right so and he wanted me on the drugs too and that just wasn't working for me so I was going to advocate for myself because there's no one else that's going to right no one else will advocate for you you have to be your own advocate and doctors don't fucking know everything
0: they don't and I think that this is important to address right so doctors see sometimes dozens of patients in a day and they're hearing all these symptoms. And I think, especially with autoimmune, symptoms cross over. And symptoms can mimic other situations. They can mimic that of depression, anxiety. It can mimic menopause. If you don't fit the profile, I'm holding up air quotes here. If you don't fit the profile, they may never even put you in the block or the category that you belong in. But they're researching, they're they're doing the best they can with the information they have. Yes. And yes. You have to be your own advocate. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be the one to design the regimen that's right for you. And so you were coming up on this realization with this Mayo Clinic doctor here in Phoenix that you were just like, this is not going to work for me. Right. It's no. And so
1: I flew to California. It was four months after my initial diagnosis. And I went into his office and, you know, he said, look, and I was so grateful that he actually said this because it wasn't a question I asked, but he said, if you were my wife or my sister or a family member, he said, I'd want you on the drugs. Oh. And I said, okay. Now, at this point, I had just added RSO, which is Rick Simpson oil, which is basically the whole cannabis plant juice. It's got all the cannabinoids. It's the a tea, concentrate. It's a concentrate. It's a gelatinous substance that's in a needleless syringe. You put, like, a rice-sized grain on a toothpick, stick it in your mouth, and it absorbs. And that's where the medicine is, people. I So I had just started that in January. And I said, hey, can you just give me a couple months to try things my way? Yeah. Because I was starting to feel better. Like, mm-hmm. I was starting to get stronger. I was actually running. I was back in hot yoga. Um, I didn't feel... You know, I, I didn't feel like a million bucks. I felt like maybe 600000 <laughs> but <laughs> Just like a fraction of a million. But, you know, I was moving and I was getting stronger. So he said, okay, but I'm going to re-MRI your brain. It'll be six months after your initial diagnosis. So I said, fine, doc. So I came home and I started everything. Like, I, I don't waver. And, in fact, if you talk to my doctors, they will tell you I'm
0: probably one of their most compliant patients. And I have seen your journals of your regimens. I have seen, I mean, you clocked it daily. You knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly what you were putting into your body. You had developed a very specific protocol for what you were experiencing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I mean, it's not a whole lot. And there's been so, so when I went back in March, he re-MRI'd my brain and he said, there's no changes. I will see you in a year. Ooh. So I left and I went home because those MRIs are fucking so expensive. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago I upped my deductible on my insurance. So I have a big deductible and you know, but I can't fuck around with my health. It's everything. If you have your if you don't have your health, you've got nothing. Right. So um I went home and I just continued he did add vitamin D. Let's back up. He added – my neurologist added vitamin D because I would say most people with MS are deficient in vitamin D.
0: A lot of people with autoimmune are deficient in vitamin D. So –
1: and I was real high, actually. I had – my levels were really high when I first got tested, but they have since dropped. Okay. So I started me on vitamin D, and then a year later, I went back to see him again in April of 2018. Mm Mm-hmm. I had had one small, no, I think yeah, I had one flare up in October, which was virtually just my left arm, which is, like I said, my nemesis as far you know, as far as physical stuff goes. For the most part, my right leg's really strong. Um, and he had a biotin. He said, "I'm like, I don't want to take biotin. Look at my hair. I already have so much hair. Like, I don't need more hair." But he said they were doing these huge studies in Europe with. Great quantities of biotin, like large quantities, like 300,000 milligrams. And it was showing to slow the progression of people with MS. It does. If you don't have it, it wasn't doing anything. Like it's not going to prevent it, but it was slowing, to, showing to slow the progression. So he added biotin. So now I've added vitamin D, biotin. I'm still on the gelatin. I fight with the gelatin still. Um, acupuncture. I added massage, weekly massage. Oh, so, so good for and you. And my massage therapist, is his father-in-law had MS. Wow. So I, I get excited and twisted when I find out people have MS. Not in a bad way, but just like, yay, you get me. You get me.
0: And in, there's a level of curiosity too when you meet someone who has the same autoimmune because even you don't have the same journey, even not you at don't all. have the same symptoms, even what works for you today may not wor- work for this other person. Absolutely. So it's a rediscovery not only of yourself and what you're experiencing, but it's it's knowing you're not alone in trying to des- make those discoveries and figure those things out.
1: Absolutely. And I have to say, just knowing that there's two and a half million people in this world that deal with this too, I'm not alone. And it's very hard. It's very hard for people, especially the people that don't live by me, to understand what I go through. I'm so grateful for the people that see me and can't see what's going on inside but still try. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very hard. It's super hard. You can't, you know, because I try so hard to be quote, normal, and look normal and act normal. But the havoc that goes on inside my body is invisible to everybody. You know, um, so nausea is a big is a big one for me. And in hot yoga, I get nauseous almost every time I get on my mat, not on somewhere about 15 minutes in and I've never thrown up, you're welcome. (laughs) But it's not easy to control that. And I've learned I've learned to master that too, because that's you know, that's a nuisance when you're trying to like do a handstand or a warrior A and all you want to do is hurl. It's really hard. So I am grateful for the people that see me, even though they can't see me.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that if you don't experience this, you want to say, how are you feeling today? Or you want to say, how are things going with that? And it's never a clear answer right it's right. never just today's a good day yesterday was a bad day it's it's a deep-rooted conversation with the self before you can share it with someone else because you're already doing your own mental and physical and emotional check-ins throughout the day you know you've you've got your regimen all right where's your energy level okay what else do you have going on today and how much energy do you have to expend for that and oh now it's flu season that's a that's going to be a whole fun oh thing like
1: I know. I I mean, and right. So, it's you know, I I'm more isolated than I've ever been, but I have to be because you just brought up the perfect thing: flu season. Mm -hmm. I'm a freaking germaphobe. Like, Mm -hmm. you tell me you're sick and you touch me, I will push you away. I won't shake strangers' hands. There's so many things you know that I do as far as that to keep myself healthy because if I get sick, like the cold or the flu, it's such a catch twenty-two because for me to maintain my strength and health, I keep moving. I wake up in the morning. I give myself about 20, 30 minutes. You know, I do my little work on social media that I do in bed. And then I get up and I don't stop until nighttime. I don't sit down. I stand all day. I walk all day. I move all day. And I don't, sit down until about 7, 8 o'clock. I can't because if I stop, I stop. If I stop moving, I stop moving.
0: If you stop moving, you get stiff. If you get stiff, you get sore. If you're not using these muscles and using your body in the ways that it's meant to be used and challenging it that way every day, it, it, it like atrophies.
1: Absolutely. Like even after yoga,
0: after Shavasana,
1: I'm the first one up and out the door, not because, you know, it's just because I have to get up now and move. I can't lay here for 10 minutes because if I lay here for 10 minutes it's just
0: it's it doesn't work for me and we've talked about that too like we've sat and had coffee together and it's like okay well i'm gonna stand now you know or or we're sitting and waiting in a dispensary line together it's like all right it's been 50 i need to stand and stretch and here's julie in the parking lot around all these people waiting for their friday morning dispensary goodies you know and she's stretching she's got the yoga going and she doesn't care and you can't care Mm-hmm. about what other people think. You have to care about you like your biggest project, like your like your you you are the one.
1: If if I do not have my health, I am useless to everyone. And I have two children and I'd like to be strong and healthy enough To hold my grandchildren, not be afraid to drop my grandchildren. There was a couple babies that were born at the studio I work, and one of them I never held when he was a baby because I was scared. To Mm -hmm. be honest with you, I was scared. Not that I mean, I obviously would have sat down, but you know, things go flying out of my hands left and right, and I didn't want a baby to go flying out of my hands. Yeah. Um, So yeah.
0: That's part of it.
1: It is all part of it. That's all part of it. Mm
0: -hmm. And so you have this regimen that you follow and you follow it. I've seen you, you follow it so strictly. You do the Rick Simpson oil, you do your tea, you do your gelatin, you do your biotin, you do your vitamin D, you're doing your, I think I already said the tea. You're following the low inflammation diet and and you eat like clockwork too. Like you know that you have to fuel your body for all of this movement that you're doing. Yes. But you have also discovered cold water immersion and this happened I think a little bit for you by chance, right? Like, well, it wasn't like you were like, oh, ice bath. Let me try that. No. what? So what happened was,
1: um, and I don't like the cold, people, at all. Like, I'm a heat seeker. And, you know, my diagnosis came out of nowhere. Number one, I was too old. I lived in the wrong part of the country. And I love the heat. You and, didn't
0: fit the profile. I don't
1: fit the profile, no. So at where I, I teach at Radiate, by the way. Um, and they had, had, uh, they did a cold, uh, immersion workshop. I think it was with Jesse and what's the other...
0: Oh, yeah. Jesse Morang and mm-hmm. Michael Roviello, they run the Optimize Wellness Center here in Phoenix at 38th Street and Indian School. I definitely encourage you guys, get a guest pass, bring a friend, go check it out. So they held a Wim Hof class at Radio. Yes,
1: and I didn't attend, and I wasn't getting in the cold tub either. I mean, I was like, no way, but it kind of piqued my interest, and... um And part of the reason I wouldn't have gotten in is because I'm a germaphobe. even though I know the
0: cold doesn't allow
1: For the growth,
0: the bacteria and viruses, you were thinking of hippie soup. There's people going in and out and in and out and you don't know what they're, you don't know what they're carrying.
1: Not at all. So I, I, it just kind of stuck with me and I'm like, and I, okay, I was also training for my half. No, was I, was it after the half? I was training for something. You're always training I'm for always something. I'm always training for Julia. something. And I had an injury. That's what yeah. I did. I had injured my left ass cheek in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ran my half anyways. But I'd started getting in when I contacted my trainer, James Bonet, he said. Hot tub in the morning, get in your pool after you run. Now, my pool is about 55 degrees at the time, maybe
0: even colder. Yeah, a little bit. It maybe probably in December and winter. It, yeah, it but between 50, 55 for
1: sure. Cold enough. Mm-hmm. So I would get in the hot tub in the morning and then I'd go run. Mm-hmm. And then after, I'd just get in the pool up to about my waist and I'd wiggle my left hip around um, and I'd get out. So the weather started warming up and I contacted Jesse. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm real interested in this. I want to, I think I want one of these. That's really what it was. It was like, I think I want one of these. It's, it's freaking hot. I don't have cold water at my house. My pool is like 93 degrees. Um, and I'm hot and I need relief because people with MS and not all people,
0: that's a myth, but two thirds of people with MS have problems with the heat and it's a temperature regulation that you're really having a problem with okay okay all right that makes sense and when you say you want one of these you're talking about a cold forge
1: yes i you're talking about a
0: morosco forge i wanted a
1: morosco forge i I wanted
0: my own yes Uh i did and so a you don't have to share it with anybody well and
1: i right and i just you know i have yes i didn't want to share it with anybody and if i was going to you know, when I go in, I go all in. I mean, I'm all in with everything. I'm all in. I eat the same bowl of watery vegetables every night. I, you know, I eat fish every night and it's not a big deal. It is what it is. And I'm strong and I'm living and that's all that matters. So I started playing with it. I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe I should get one. So I actually, funny thing is I ordered it before I even got in one. I don't know if you remember oh, that. I
0: do remember that. Yes,
1: because I came over here.
0: Yeah. So I ordered a four-foot plunge. And this was so funny, too, because Julie just, like, placed her order. And it's perfect because you do have your trifecta in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You've got your hot tub. You've got your pool. Now you have your cold forge. And you do your run, and it's all right there at home. Yes. And so you place this order, and you give us a call, and you're like, well, I've, I've never actually even really done this What's it like? And so I'm like, come on over, Julie, just come over, check out mine, hop in it. And it was so cute because you're like, oh, I don't get in below the waist, above the waist. You're like, I just get in and, uh, you know, not not above the waist. Oh, I can't believe you got in all the way up to the neck. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. And I'm not kidding you guys. It was 30 seconds and Julie was sitting in that cold tub all the way up to the neck. And I don't know how long you stayed in. It was really only a few seconds, but you got all the way out. And you're like, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> and it was like a renewed invigoration. And 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 our cold forge was about 34, 33 degrees. Yeah. Like you got cool. in, there was ice. It was forming its ice. It was doing its thing. And you went from never will I ever to full bore in less than 30 seconds.
1: That's and then only a,
0: and then only a week later, we delivered it to your yard. Set it all up for you, and what has that been like? Adding that into your practice. Wow, I, and-
1: I got so I I had taken two months off of running after I ran I ran something a ten k in May, mm-hmm. and I was going to let my injury heal because it was still bothering me a little bit. So I decided I wasn't going to run June, July, but it was hot as fuck outside. That thing showed up. I think the day I started training for my Honolulu ten k. And I'd never been so excited about anything. It was like freaking Christmas. Because, like I said, there was no cold relief for me anywhere. And um it showed up. You guys filled it up. And I couldn't wait to get in. So I started getting in. And what I realized for me, the 34 degrees is a little cold. Mm-hmm. What it did was freeze my ankles. And because I'm so scared and apprehensive of anything causing anything similar to an MS symptom. But working with you, I learned how to modify the temperature to mm-hmm. f- suit my needs. So mine's about, mine's a little on the, it's not warm at all, but, you <laughs> Your know. cold
0: tub is not warm. No, it's <laughs> at,
1: but 47-ish degrees yeah. allows me to get all the way in and get out and my ankles don't hurt. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to play with that. And I've, so it showed up and, I gotta tell you something, I was in and out of that thing twenty frickin' times a day, not even just after running. I'm hot i'm get I stopped really using my pool to be honest with you' especially
0: it, in the summer, so do you did know,
1: I. so like and I had certain times, so there I have a timer, you know, obviously for the the ice to go on, but then also the filter, which prevented the ice from forming in mine, so I would have it set up to to ice, you know when I got home from my runs in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then it was set to ice after hot yoga. And then about 4 or 5 o'clock at night, I set it to ice again so I could take, you know, be relieved in the evening. So I just started hopping in and out of this thing all the time. And, you know, I would sit in it. There are times that I sit in it, you know, up to my neck. Um, A lot of the times, though, still it's up to my waist. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because lately I've started – more experimenting with it up here and it's funny my lower half is so used to it that it doesn't really feel it. but I've noticed there's just like the sensation when you sit up to your neck it's like it like cools off your entire body to your bones and it's an amazing feel feeling I mean I know you have to get to the vagus nerve and I know very little about that you're the pro but that's what helps with the you know decreasing your inflammation and with your mood and with your, I mean,
0: when you can stimulate the vagus nerve. So the reason that we encourage people to go up over the shoulders all the way to the neck, and this is also why I encourage people to put your hands and your feet in, like go all the way. Cause when you can stimulate the vagus nerve, that's when you're going to get that strong boost of norepinephrine and dopamine. So that's going to help you just feel good. And if you can just feel good, whether that lasts for 30 seconds, whether that lasts for an hour, when you're dealing with chronic illness and you can just feel good, you want that, you want to recreate that, you want to, you want, you want to be able to access that whenever you need it. And that's daily. And sometimes that's several times a day. But if you get in all the way up to the neck, those effects from that norepinephrine and dopamine can last for hours. And also when you're stimulating the vagus nerve in that way, you're jump starting the body. You're giving such a strong signal to the brain that the immune system needs to jump into action, that your body needs to do whatever it can to help you survive, that you're you're getting this jolt to the body of health. You're getting this jolt to the body of the brain saying, We have to help you survive. So that's why we encourage getting all the way in up to the neck. And and it's a different practice for everyone we recently um delivered a cold forge to justin hoagland who is in uh, re- he's a, a retired navy seal i think you say that i yes. think I'm, i think i'm saying that correctly he's a retired navy seal and he has multiple sclerosis
1: yes he does
0: and he is a beast now keep in mind kids this is not for you to try at home do not do <laughs> not attempt this but Justin creates layers of ice. Julie's over here giggling. I love it. Justin (laughs) creates layers and layers of ice and he has such a strong practice. He'll sit in it for two minutes, but then he rolls over and does this face first dunk and he holds his breath for two minutes under this cold, cold water and his is between 32 and 35 degrees. And he believes it helps with his brain focus, it helps with his muscle recovery, it helps him with his just overall bodily function, right? He has better use of his limbs. He yes. feels stronger. And again, these are two different people with one illness and they're both using cold water immersion <clears throat> but in very different ways. And not entirely for different purposes. I mean, the purpose is to help reduce inflammation because that's what's going to help with MS. But also when you get to that point where you're stimulating the vagus nerve, the whole body starts to operate at optimum function.
1: Absolutely.
0: And have you seen, so you've seen changes clearly since starting cold water immersion physically. What are those physical changes like for you or what are those physical results
1: I mean, my injury's gone, I have to say. My my injury in my butt is gone. Um, it I, it just lightens my whole load. I, I, I really, there's, you know, I have trouble sometimes with words. Mm-hmm. But it does. It just makes me feel good all over. And just knowing that it's right there and I can get in it anytime I want is just a wonderful, amazing thing. And I don't add things to my regimen lightly because, you know, and – I because everything that comes into my life, I do I won't say I do a ton of research, but I use my body as research. And if it's helping me feel better, then I am going to continue to do it. And that I mean, it's my best friend. I call it my BF. It is. I love it. I smile at it. it sits on my patio. It's shaded all year round. Um, I invite people over to use it. I I'm I'm a share people who you trust and know <laughs> and are who clean. I trust. <laughs> yeah, that don't have any nasty yeah. things going on. Absolutely, but you know, I want to share what I'm doing because it, I'm winning and it's working. Mm-hmm. And it's it has just been honestly a lifesaver for me. I don't want to stop running and you know, the summers here are hot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And right now I'm still living here in the summer and it's just yeah, it it's it's life-saving and life-changing to be honest with you.
0: Could you, would you say that your tolerance to cold has increased since making this a part of your practice? I would say so, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's interesting because I'm, you know, the, I'm the extreme. So I go into that hot, hot ass yoga room yeah, and then I go into that cold, cold ass plunge. I mean, we're talking, I mean, it's hundred, both ends of the spectrum, it is both ends of the spectrum. And yes, it has definitely, cause I'm always cold. So it has lessened that for me. I don't always feel freezing anymore. I'm more adjusted. And it hasn't affected me in the heat either. You know, I don't feel hotter. It's, it's really just...
0: So it's not like you're losing tolerance to heat just because you're building tolerance to cold. Not at all.
1: Not at all. In fact, it's it's great that I can have a tolerance to both. Because, again, MS, we don't like extremes. We don't like extreme cold either. Um, you know, and I don't like cold anyways, because I'm in the desert. So mm-hmm. this is just yes, it has definitely increased my tolerance to the
0: cold. And you started cold water immersion in the winter in your pool. Yes, so I did. actually. There's no reason that you're just going to stop doing that just because it's winter now no I'm not going to stop doing it in fact it's funny
1: I just filled my hot tub up because it's getting so I just opened my hot tub well I emptied my plunge I'm going to go home today and and refill it because I'm I have three more weeks of training Mm -hmm. Um, but no I'm not going to stop getting in I won't I mean because I have something that works warm up the muscles in the hot tub uninflame the muscles in the cold plunge that a cold forge that's you know well, a perfect recipe
0: and and i mean that's how we work out our muscles too right like you don't do a bicep curl only dropping the dumbbell right you got to put it down lift it up put it down lift it up and so i don't ever want anyone to think that just because i'm such a promoter of cold water immersion that i don't also fully support the heat because I do right and I think the key to life is balance. I think everything that we do we need to have balance and so what better balance to an ice bath than to do a hot tub soak and there's a reason people do the polar plunge. there's a reason people take hot sauna and then go roll in the snow and do more hot sauna and go roll in the snow like you feel um like recently one of my friends said it like this he says, I feel like I've been shot out of a cannon. And it's not shot out of a cannon like you're the cannonball and then you blow up and everything goes to shit. It's like you feel like you've been shot out of a cannon in a way that's like, I'm flying and I can do anything. And I have the strength of 10 men and evil can evil and I can do all the things. And and I think that's what this does this balance of hot and cold therapy and introducing these extremes in. Like you said, like, it's a controlled environment. You don't introduce anything lightly. You know, you you really weigh, what is this doing for me? How is my body going to react to that? You listen to your body before you're listening to scientific research. You're listening to your body. I am the scientific research,
1: honestly. I mean, I, you know, and my whole purpose right now with my fundraising and my website and the podcast I'm doing okay, people. I really am fine. I mean, I'm not fine, obviously, but I'm fine enough to continue living my life and really enjoying it right now. But I think I have some information that will help all these people that struggle and suffer and battle chronic illness and MS and any sort of pain. And I'm winning, and I want to share that because why would I keep that to myself? This is not selfish. I don't need... I'm not raising money for me. I don't need anything. I have everything I could possibly need or want right now in my life. So what my purpose... I mean, yes, it's selfish, I guess, because I want a cure. I'm not going to lie. I want a cure, and I won't stop asking until we find one. But I want everyone else that struggles with this shit to feel good. And when I'm saying to someone, hey, get in this cold plunge, it's going to make you feel good. Go to yoga. You don't have to go to hot yoga. I get that. I understand that. It isn't for everyone. But go stretch your body. All these runners, like these people that run, go stretch your body. Balance, right? You run, you stretch. You back bend, you forward bend. I think I just posted this on my social media on Monday. It is. It's all about balance. It's about finding that perfect storm that makes you okay. And Mm -hmm. I have found that perfect storm. Now, I live with a chronic bully. It Rears its little nasty little head all the time. I mean, you know, every day, whether it's a word or, you know, I can't remember or my phone goes flying out of my hands or we're in the middle of a conversation and I can't remember what we were talking about. That happens all the time to me. I've told you something 1,700 times. I apologize. Just tell me, Um, you know, my arm, my leg, my stomach, my head. But I am winning. I all that maybe not doesn't sound like I'm winning, but I'm winning, because if I look around at all the people who battle chronic illness and suffer, I'm I'm on top. I am, and it, it, it's it's not about an ego thing. It's not about anything. It's about I have found something to basically stop. I haven't cured myself. I'm not stopped cured. The progression. I have stopped the progression, and with a hundred percent odds. Those are 100% odds. I'm still winning. I went back, you know, to the neurologist this last April. Same thing. See you in a year. I want to stop going. I don't want to pay. I'd rather donate that
0: money to my charity that I'm paying for my MRIs, right? But it is also there's something really nice about going in for that appointment. No matter how you feel – There's something nice about going in for that appointment and getting confirmation that you're not just fooling yourself. Because when I went in in October, I thought, I feel great. I don't care what this doctor says. I don't care what these test results say or these labs say. I feel great. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. But when I got those lab results back and I found out that I had reversed autoimmune, I still wasn't emotionally prepared for getting confirmation of what I was feeling.
1: Right, and that is mind-blowing, honestly. I don't know if you guys heard her, but she has cured her Hashimoto's, literally cured her Hashimoto's, and I am incredibly envious. You know that. Um, And that's just amazing. And the thing is with doctors, let's go back to doctors for a second. They do not know everything. And if you do not feel like they are giving you an answer, a diagnosis, or something that works for you, go see another doctor. You have absolute right to go see another doctor. And I kept going to doctor after doctor after doctor. 21 days. Mm -hmm. I went to probably four different doctors. They x-rayed, they cat-scanned, they needed to do the MRI. And once I got the MRI, and I got to be honest, I credit my healing, my ability to manage this, to the quickness of my diagnosis and the steroid injections or infusions into my body, because that stops the attack. Right. So Selma Blair, I'm just going to bring her up for a minute. Um, you all know she was diagnosed with MS last year, and she had symptoms for seven years. Yeah. And so she. The problem is, is it wasn't until she actually fell down in front of her doctor that he wanted to do the MRI. And that is the only way you can find out if you have MS. So for seven years, she went with lesions, with fireworks going off all over her body, which is why she was, I think, so debilitated at the beginning.
0: Because her body had been wreaking havoc for so for long For seven undetected. years, my
1: body, 21 days. Mm-hmm. 21 days. I mean, it was really more like 28 because I had to get to Mayo and Rochester before they started me on the infusions. That's, like, unheard of. I don't know anybody that had, you know, so thank you, yoga. Seriously, thank you, yoga.
0: Well, and that's a really important thing to bring up, too, right? Because there was even a time after my diagnosis, after I had the lovely titles of three different autoimmune conditions that my husband looked at me and he said, Well, are you sure you're just not fighting the aging process? let's just say he's lucky to be alive today <laughs> to tell this tale and to corroborate this. But I got so angry because also I was in my early 30s at this point, And I'm going, I'm 34 years old. This is not what aging looks like. And so there, there is a point in time, no matter who's in your life, no matter what doctor you're seeing, no matter your relationship, your kids, your friends, whatever, there is going to be a point in anyone's Anyone's life where you're going to have to tune in and listen to your body and take away every other noise be it doctors, labs, tests, spouse, whoever, whatever in your life there's gonna to have to be a time where you have to silence all of that so that you can really tune in and listen to the things that your body is telling you. Because if you wake up tired every day, explore it. If you wake up in pain, Explore it. If there's a nagging something going on mentally, emotionally, physically, anything that's not just resolving itself and going away, sit with it. Listen to your body. Get in touch with your body. Meditate. Do what you have to do to drown out the noise and listen to the body and what it's telling you. And that doesn't mean run to a doctor because you're tired or you're in pain. That doesn't mean start taking a bunch of pills because you can't explain what this is. What I'm saying by that is to sit with yourself and listen to what your body is telling you. Because if I had listened six years ago, I may have understood a lot more about the emotional trauma that I was experiencing. And I'm not saying that that's always the answer. I'm not saying that that is the cure-all and finding your emotional center. But there, is so, there are so many things that our bodies are trying to communicate to us every single day. And this noise, this cacophony that's around us can drown that out, can drown out the conversation we're having with ourself. So the beauty of what Julie has done from day one is said, I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to me. For the first time
1: in my life, I listen to me. I live for me. And I'm living the best life I've ever lived. And I know there's a lot of people that don't understand me and don't get what I'm doing. And that's okay. I've had relationships, a lot of relationships change over the last three years. And I'm okay with it and I'll take oneness for all of it. I, you know, everyone blames me anyway, so I'll take it. It's fine because you know what? I can only tolerate what I can tolerate. And if something does not work for me, because stress is a killer with a… Stress is a killer whether you're you're sick or not. Yeah, stress is a killer. So I remember someone said, well, how do you remove stress from my life? I'm like, well, I either block it, I delete it, or I say goodbye. I will not allow that in my life, even with my own children. You know, and that is a rough one because those two, they're my world. Everything I do, I do for them. But, you know, they're young adults and I can't control them. And but I can only control me. And getting MS, being diagnosed with MS was literally the greatest gift I've ever gotten. Literally, because when I found out I wasn't going to die, all I wanted to do was live and so that's what I'm doing is just living and living hard, and you don't have to like me i don't care i don't i I focus on the people that love me and that I love and that I can help and you know that I teach my yoga community gosh i mean they're amazing they're literally family. they're fam they're my family mm-hmm. at the end of the day. blood isn't always family
0: we create our tribe based on what we know we need to survive
1: yes and and living out here alone without family for 26 years has been very challenging and raising two kids without family as a single mother has also been very challenging. Um, you know there's a lot I'm sure my MS was caused by excessive amounts of stress and the anesthesia triggered it. that's what I believe truly but um, you know it is what it is I have it I live with it. I'd love to find a cure. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep doing what I am doing to stay strong and healthy because I'm not good to anyone if I'm not.
0: And I love that. And I think that there's such an important message in that. It's not just listening to the body and listening to what your body needs, but it's putting your body, your mental, your physical, your emotional health before anyone else's. I know you martyrs out there. I know you warriors out there. I used to be one of those that but everyone else needs something and I'll get to me later. And that is not the answer. The answer is every day when you wake up, you have to be your number one support, your number one cheerleader, your number one person to know when to tell yourself no, and to know when you have to just focus on you. My mom was really great when we were growing up. She called it a mental health day. When you just took a day to focus on your mental health and whatever it is you need to do in that day to fill your cup back up. And I think that that's what Julia is saying here is that focus on you, make you, your energy level, your mental, emotional, and physical strength, your number one priority. Because if you're doing that, everyone around you benefits
1: a hundred percent. Absolutely. And toxic relationships have no place in my life anymore. And It's been, it's been hard. It's been hard. I'm not going to lie. The past three years, they've been beautiful Mm -hmm. because I, I feel better. um, It's teaching you lessons. It's teaching me lessons. It's brought amazing people into my life Mm -hmm. um, that I would have never otherwise met. And, Mm -hmm. you know, going to that event every, every spring where you guys help me raise money is amazing i hang out with jack osborne and selma blair and flo rida and elo black and the kardashians were there too mm-hmm. it's just so amazing to be a part of that and knowing that i'm making a difference at the mm. end of the day making a difference i mean you know I, I never wanted to be a yoga instructor ever i wanted to stay home and raise babies and just be a stay-at-home mom and obviously none of that has happened um i'm grateful for every day Mm -hmm. I'm grateful every morning when my eyes open and my feet hit the floor and everything else after that really is a bonus. Yeah. And as an Uber driver once said to me, even the
0: bad moments are a gift. Yeah. And it's true. Right. Even pain, even pain can bring us pleasure. That's, that's so true. Julie, how can we support you? How can our listeners find you and support you and donate to your causes?
1: I am all over social media. I'm on Facebook, um, Julie Blue, like the wind, not the color. Um, Instagram, Om Shanti 3, and FUMS Inc. I have links to donate to my fundraising page um, everywhere, and all that money goes straight to research. It's None of that money goes to me. I also recently started a nonprofit, um, FUMS Inc., I'm very excited about that and the reason I started it was so I would like to start traveling and leading events and funding this isn't always easy so this money helps me to raise money it's all all the money is tax deductible it none of this money goes to me at all it's going to my MS community and it's going to You know, and it's not just MS I want to do events for. And I, you know, I'm just getting started, so I just got the website up. Obviously, I'm editing my book. I wrote a book, um, which is really a transcription of my journal. You'll all see that soon. Um, So I'd like to do events. You know, I support other. I mean, you can't ask for money and not give. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a few charities that are very near and dear to my heart. um, The Ronan Thompson Foundation uh lung force my friend scott that passed away i support him breast cancer research foundation i'm very involved in i like to give to research because Mm -hmm. to me the cures are the most important things there's other things that are important but for me personally so you know i i like to share what i have with those charities as well and i work with people that have all sorts of stuff
0: yeah yeah, because once you have a chronic illness, you find that there's a commonality amongst other people who also have chronic illness. And that is part of what bonded Julie and I was that we have gone through something that other people have not experienced. It's kind of like, you know, when you when you birth a baby, if you haven't birthed a baby, you can't talk about birthing a baby, you know, so this in a way as the baby that we have birthed is this, you know, chronic illness situation that we've both been through and have managed in our lives and have found ways that despite a chronic illness, we are living our best lives. And Julie, what is your website, please, for our listeners?
1: Um, it's fums
0: God, I love that so much. You guys, <laughs> F-U-M-S, F-U to chronic illness, F-U to all of that stuff. Definitely listen to yourself. Julie, is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with to part ways today?
1: Thank you for listening um, and listen to your body and your mind. It is your greatest teacher and do not be afraid to advocate for yourself.
0: I think that leads us into a beautiful segue of our challenge this week. Our challenge this week is advocate for yourself. What can you do for you? What are the ways that you can put you first every day at the start, middle and bottom of the day? What can you do for you? Um, our book is going to be a future book. Our book recommendation recommendation is going to be Julie's future book. I believe it's going to be called FUMS, yes. right? Yes. And so when Julie is published, we are definitely going to let you guys know. We'll put up a link on our website so that you can find that really easily. And, um, I teach at radiate Mondays at three. Come check me out so radiate is a great yoga studio right here in phoenix on indian school and 40th street uh so go see julie at radiate yoga that is r-a-d-i-a-8 r-a-d-i-8 r-a-d-i-8 and that's mondays at three and what class do you teach mondays at three julie i teach a fast and furious flow it's hot and it's fast and it's just like Julie, <laughs> fast and furious. So you guys can email your comments, questions, info, corrections to I take it in stride at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at adrian underscore Jezik. You can find me on Facebook at adrian jessic. And I'll be opening my new studio space here soon. So I invite you all to um, come check that out. Book an appointment for a one-on-one coaching session or a group session or sensory event. And I look forward to speaking with you all soon and stay cool, cold friends. Thanks, Julie. Thank you.